Today's Words and Nerds podcast is sponsored by The Accomplice by Steve Kavanagh. If you were married to a serial killer, would you know? Steve Kavanagh's follow-up to the best-selling 13, 50-50 and The Devil's Advocate is his twistiest yet. The Sandman serial killings have been solved. Daniel Miller murdered 14 people before he vanished. His wife Carrie now faces trial as his accomplice. The FBI, the district attorney, the media and everyone in America believe she knew and helped cover up her husband's crimes. The only thing between a life in jail or free Freedom is Eddie Flynn and his team. Steve Kavanagh is the master of the twist and The Accomplice will keep you guessing right to the last page. The Accomplice is released in Australia on the 26th of July. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm Uh. feeling sick. Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of Words and Nerds, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I welcome a return guest who has been brave enough to document her journey of writing an entire manuscript or most of a manuscript from the beginning of July to Christmas. And we're going to record all the glory, hopefully not many tears. Uh, Welcome to this little special spin-off that we had this, you know, Sarah had this great idea for. Sarah Bailey, you are in the hot seat. I'm already regretting it. <laughs> um, and that's yes. the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Um, thanks, Danny. Um, yes, I do feel definitely like I'm in the hot seat. Um, but, yeah, Danny and I were sort of chatting uh, online about, um, I guess, like laying out a goal publicly, um, which I guess hopefully um, puts a bit of pressure on me to actually fulfil the goal. Um, and the goal is obviously to write um, the balance of a manuscript that I've started that I've definitely got pretty stuck um, in terms of completing. So I guess we'll see. Who knows? It's a cliffhanger already. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> every episode's going to be a cliffhanger. So we're going to try and catch up every fortnight unless one of us is having a mental breakdown. We've totally got space for that because it's likely. <laughs> But yeah. we'll give it a crack. It's going to be real life. We're not going to gloss this up, right? We're not going to, you know, if we're if we're struggling, either of us, if you haven't written, if whatever, we're going to just be real about this because we want to talk about the struggles. People are very interested in you particularly because you write all these great books plus you work full time. So we'll cover all that stuff. So we're just going to do a warts and all episode and hopefully end up with this magnificent manuscript. I, think. I, I, have, I have total 100% faith in you that you're going to deliver well i'm i'm very glad that you have faith in (laughs) me and my delivery ability i um i hope you're right um yeah it's 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 a funny um it's a funny kind of process because i think i haven't really ever been so public about kind of my like the status of a manuscript before Mm. Um, 
and, and you know sometimes people in my um, orbit know if I'm writing something or not and yeah I, I just I hope that maybe it's both helpful for other people to hear kind of how it actually plays out sort of fortnight to fortnight um, but also yeah obviously hoping that it also motivates me to be kind of a bit more accountable to having to sort of put pen to paper stop procrastinating using mm. the time that I've got so yeah we'll see I guess we'll see what happens. This might be very inspirational for writers and I might be about to get really busy because everyone's going to use me as this accountability sort of (laughs) tracker. Yeah, sorry, there's probably an app for that. You don't need to use the app. Danny's the app. Um, Now, I should mention, I mean, I'm sure listeners know who you are, but I should mention that you are the successful author of The Dark Lake, Into the Night, Where the Dead Go and The Housemate and soon to be, who knows what this one's called, so very exciting. I mean, I've loved your books. I love your characters. Um, we will talk about parenting. And for those listeners who can't see, I have a child crawling on me right at the moment. So we'll talk about trying to do all the things as well as parenting as well, because that's a real thing too. And I, I you know, I often think that we see the beautiful, glossy, perfect book, but we often don't see a lot of that kind of really hard stuff behind it. So I hopefully will be able to lift the curtain on that a little bit. Now you've told us a bit about your plan. So let's just delve a little bit deeper into that. You want to finish the manuscript by Christmas. How much have you written so far? So um, it's it's the fourth book in my Gemma Woodstock series. Oh, yes, I didn't even know this. Now I'm super excited. It's just a little little reveal for oh. all of Danny's listeners. Um, so it's um, yeah, the fourth book in a in a series. Um, so I've written about twenty five thousand words, and based on all of my other books, um, that means I'm about a quarter of the way, just under a quarter of the way through the book, but um, probably need to rewrite all the 25,000 words I've written as well. So maybe maybe one-fifth the way through, maybe. Um, but I guess the problem for me is, like, that's not too bad, right? Like, probably people would be listening to this and thinking, oh, well, 25,000 words, that's pretty good, actually. Um, and it's definitely a decent start, but I have probably been sitting on that um, word number for about, 18 months-ish. I've maybe written like 3,000 words in the last few months. So it's just really stagnated. And I genuinely, I don't think that's because the book is broken or there's a problem with the storyline or anything like that. It has just been more of a time game problem. Yep. Um, I wrote a lot of the book in um, lockdown after my last book, The Housemate, was sort of drafted and done. I got quite inspired after shooting that off and I got started on this one straight away and it was, you know, it was ticking along really well actually. And then I I guess we went back to the real world again. I got really busy and my, my job changed a little bit and it got kind of a little bit um, bigger. I'm travelling again all the time for work, um, interstate. So it's just become yeah, back to normal kind of life. And I've just found it really, really difficult to get back into any kind of writing routine. I just haven't been able to do that since um, since lockdown. So while it's a decent sort of start, it's, it's plateaued out and stayed just a decent start for a really long time. And so I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to, um, yeah, crack, just get over the hump of that decent start and, and get into that really difficult, like middle mm. section of a book. I always find really hard. Yeah. Um, 
And because I don't plan anything, um, I also don't know what happens. So (laughs) (laughs) that's exciting too. We're going to find out as we go. Now, 25,000 words in 18 months. I I often think that that's sort of where you're getting to know the characters and you're you're getting to know what's going to happen. So I don't think it's unusual, would you agree, to spend that much time on a 25,000 words. But you're going to write, what, 90,000 in total? Uh, Probably 105, 110. Okay, right. I don't think any, I'm pretty sure all of my books have been at least 105,000 words. So, okay, so you're going to be uh, writing like my maths is really bad, but 80,000 words in six months. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the plan. I mean, like we, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> That's the plan. But you know what? Plans can change and there's no shame in that. And we can also change our mind. I I actually was speaking to someone the other day and it was just a really powerful yet simple thing. They're like, well, you can just change your mind if you want. And I was like, oh, like how obvious and how powerful. But you don't always have to stick to that original plan because life changes. So I've just taken a tiny, teensy bit of pressure off you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, of course, like there's no, there is actually no pressure for me to um, meet a certain deadline and um, no no contractual pressure pressure or anything like that for this particular book but I think it kind of gets to a point where um, I've written all of my other books pretty quickly mm-hmm. so for me this does feel really slow and um, yeah I guess I, I've lost the momentum and the energy of writing and I think because my books I mean they're not like um, action adventure books or anything like that but they're definitely, you know, mysteries and thrillers. So when when I'm not writing fast, I think it like potentially has the possibility. It comes through on the page and it feels a bit slow. And so I think it's it's I'm a much better writer when I'm kind of in it and the energy's there and I'm writing quickly and I'm trying to keep up with my own thoughts. And I feel like that does tend to lead to a better story on the page. So I'm kind of keen to give myself this this you know, compressed timeline because I'm hoping it'll sort of almost become like a um, self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy and we'll just sort of like take on a life of its own and I, and I won't even be able to, you know, I won't even realise I'm writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> it's like why doesn't this book write itself? Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the dream, right, like that I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, look at all these words that got written. Amazing words too. <laughs> Yeah, I find that um, super interesting that in COVID, particularly like as awful as that was, we sort of found all this time because we weren't in the car, we weren't traveling, etc. And I think we didn't realize how much time we were spending commuting and doing all these other things or taking kids to a million soccer games or whatever. And so when we got all that time that we'd never had before, and then it's been taken away again, it's a massive adjustment. Isn't it? And, and sometimes this is just my perspective, you almost feel a little bit resentful of like, hang on, I want my time back or at least some of it. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. Like I'm, um, I'm really interested in time management, which kind of sounds weird, but I find it really fascinating, you know, what people choose to sort of pay time and attention to. And I, I mean, I kind of, I mean, really, when you think about it, life, well, as an adult, particularly, it's kind of just an endless series of choices around what you decide to pay attention to and there's some things that you have to pay attention to you know out of whether it's guilt obligation or just sort of like work requirement but there's all these things that we choose to direct our time and attention to and it's sort of um 
I guess it's sort of, it's like one of the most powerful decisions that we make, but we make it on a daily basis. Like Mm -hmm. if you have a limited amount of time, what you choose to direct that time toward is, it's so important and powerful and dictates kind of, I guess, the course of your whole life. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, when it comes to writing and um, you said this before, but, you know, I always get asked about how do you work full time and write and how do you make time for writing and um, aren't you tired and, you know, all that type of questions. Like I kind of get that, you know, very frequently. And it is um, a, a sort of a mathematical equation or, you know, like an endless series of decisions, I suppose. Like my job is really busy. It's, you know, at least 50 hours a week every week, like non-negotiably. There's never a week that it would sort of take up less time than that. So that time's kind of cordoned off and just set. And then there's, I guess, you know, there's sleeping and there's eating and there's child things and there's social things. But I think with COVID, for me, the thing that was helpful, even though work was still the same and homeschooling was sort of done around that, um, I am really social and so I couldn't go out. And so it kind of meant that, you know, the three nights a week that I would tend to make plans was three extra nights that I was definitely at home. And so sort of from like, I don't know, eight o'clock till sort of 11 o'clock every night, which is, you know, like quite a few hours a week. Decent chunk, yeah. Yeah, I sort of just went, oh, well, I'll just, I'll write. And I either wrote and sort of half watched a TV show or I just wrote or I wrote for two hours and then watched something or, you know, whatever kind of I was doing. But it was, it was sort of almost like a bit of a, well, I don't really have any other choice, so I may as well. Um, definitely easier, I think, to then kind of make decisions about what you what you spend your time doing. Um, whereas, yeah, now that the world's kind of turned back on again, it's much more difficult to to manage that. And and my work spills into my social life because there'll be you know work events or work drinks or travel. I mean, I'm in Sydney right now and I live in Melbourne, so it's there's you know there's always kind of something. And it's yeah, it's it's more of a um, You've got to plan much more and be much more disciplined. And yeah, sometimes I just get really tired now because I'm older. And so, <laughs> <laughs> also, I kind of like be like, oh God, like, you know, I'm, I'm up early tomorrow. I'm, you know, if I stay up late tonight, will that affect tomorrow? So there's kind of just more, um, yeah, sort of just constant decision making about environments. Mm. Yeah, it's, I find it interesting, like I said, but it's also, it's also a genuine sort of Jenga game. Yeah, absolutely. I find that myself. And people ask me a very similar question, Sarah, like full-time job and then podcasting and, you know, all the other stuff that I do. And I don't actually like to think about how you do it because it stresses me out. <laughs> and so I just yeah. prefer to go, I just manage to do that. I, I'm not a huge sleeper. I, you know, five, six hours a night is for all I need. Um, and I, I can't sleep more than that even when I try. So you just kind of do the things that you love. Like work is work. That's great. We all need that. We enjoy our work. But the other stuff that you do, you know, I don't know for you, but it lights me up and so it doesn't feel like work. So when people yeah. say to you, how do you do all this stuff? I'm like, oh, well, you know, this is kind of, it's sort of almost like leisure time, although it's like, you know, it's a structured amount of time. It's something that you enjoy doing. So you don't feel like it's a burden. Yeah, it's really, yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, that's the, that's probably a really important point. Like um, no one's making me write a book. No one made me write the first one. 
actually no one probably really cares, you know, particularly <laughs> if I write another one, but I really want to write one. And I think you've got to get to the point where you admit that to yourself, especially if you are still working and and writing or working and doing something kind of artistic, you know, separately, because you can, you can almost, I think, trick yourself into this feeling of like um, kind of martyrdom, I suppose, where you're like, oh, you know, I'm working and I'm writing and poor me. And then you go, hang on a minute. <laughs> I, I choose to do both of these things and, you know, yes, maybe one's more viable from a financial perspective than another and is it a choice? You could unpack the, all of that but no one is making you write a book. So I think you do have to wrestle yourself into a mental headspace where you sort of say, well, actually, this is actually this is something I just really want to do mm. and if I really want to do it, the only person that can make time um, for me to do it is me. Yeah. It's not true. Like I think that can sound really righteous and sort of superior, and I'm not at, at all pretending, you know, to sound that way. Like I write on my bedroom floor in front of a heater most of the time. Like it's not yeah. sophisticated or classy or you know <laughs> whatever. Or I write in a car when my kids are at soccer practice. Like it's yeah. it's absolutely not a sort of um you know a heightened state of artistic <laughs> being or anything like that. It's pretty kind of basic. Um, but, yeah, I think when, like, for me it's actually been quite a good test of, you know, I wrote um, most of this manuscript so far 18 months ago and I've kind of just added little bits and pieces to it ever since and I still really want to write it. So there's something clearly, like there's something yeah. about both this book but just writing in general that it won't go away. Yeah. So I kind of have to either decide to ignore that feeling and just go, well, I'm just not going to do that or I go, all right, how am I going to fit it in because I want, I clearly yeah. want to. Yeah, So it's true. Yeah. And it, yeah. the choice is to not do it and that is almost not a choice. And sort of I've, I've come to the conclusion where you only, besides the things you have to do right like working to earn money and you know bringing up your children which is wonderful we love that um but you know the other things it's everything is a choice and and it's almost like well i've sort of flipped it around i'm like okay you you choose to do things when it's no longer a choice you know so if i yeah the podcast takes up heaps of time but would my life be better if i gave it up no because i love doing it you yeah. know so then you just carve out the time to do it because you've got to you got to think about what's worse would it be worse not to write a book and i'd have all this free free time great but you know what does that look like in a year when i still haven't written that book and i haven't got a book published you know so you got to i always think about yeah i might get more time but then at what cost and and what's absent yeah i think it's um I had this thought the other day and I think it's um, it's relatively fully formed, so I'll, I'll say <laughs> it. Um, I was thinking about how much um, people create tension in their own sort of world. So, you know, like there's tension in the world all the time and, you know, if you come up against tension or any kind of adversity, like it's obviously something you've got to kind of navigate and that can be quite stressful. But if someone else is controlling it, then obviously, you know, you don't really quite know how you're going to navigate it. But I think the kinds of things we're talking about, it's you can get into a place where you're fighting against your own sort of plans. Yeah. So that seems funny to me because, you know, I mean, I'm like, I hate exercise, but I'm you know, <laughs> trying to do it. And so I'll like book a Pilates class and then I'll wake up and be really annoyed at sort of myself or <laughs> yes. kind of annoyed like at the Pilates class and I'll be <laughs> sort of like angry about it and for the whole sort of 45 minutes where I'm almost still deciding like am I going to go or not, I'll be really considering not going. And then I sit there and I'm like, I booked it. 
<laughs> like that's me. So I think if I just got up and just went and just did it and it was done, it would be so sort of much less friction in my own mm. life. Mm. I think writing's a bit the same. Like you can really sort of um, you can almost like pre-resent it. Like I can be like, oh, I'm going to write all, you know, day tomorrow and be sort of almost angry about that and then that feels ridiculous or you can kind of be like I'm going to write tomorrow and that's just what's happening I'm not going to sort of fight against that decision I've already made and just do it so it's sort of it's weird I think that these things where um it's things that the payoff is not immediate yeah I feel like where you kind of have to invest and you have to keep investing and the reward you know takes ages to be realized so you kind of don't get that instant gratification hit of dopamine that we all kind of chase these days and I think that's why those things are difficult but you have to I think wrestle into your own mind just like an acceptance that it's what's happening it's like hey you go to work every day and you don't question that you kind of just do it um so I, I need to get to that place mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right. yeah we all do we, we have these fights with you know past Sarah present Sarah future Sarah <laughs> The same thing, you know, mine the other day is when I just refused to fill my car with petrol. (laughs) Then I'm just hating on past Danny. I'm like, could I have just not done it? You know, now I'm on one petrol bar and there's not a petrol station inside. Just those kind of things, those things you put off and procrastinate all the time. Totally. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's so funny, I think, like the energy that's expended on stuff that you've actually (laughs) created yourself. But um. Yeah, and I think, may I think particularly because, um, yeah, trying to juggle like writing and work, I guess that you, you feel very um, precious of your own time, aware of your own time, and you know you can get quite resentful at your yeah. time being sort of filled up. So if you're the one that's sort of filled it up, I guess there's no one else to be angry at. So you do get a bit like self-loathing sort of vibes kick in, I think. But um, yeah, I think the trick for me is going to be just not even kind of letting it get to that point, just sitting down and just starting to write and going, well, I could watch TV for three hours tonight um, because I don't have something on or I could write for at least two of those three hours tonight, you know, and Mm. sort of seeing that as like a win. So I think it's kind of playing mind games with yourself a little bit as well. Mm, Absolutely. But I love how you said that it is so powerful to decide what we spend our time on because it is, you know, I mean, you know, for getting a bit dark here, but we all have a finite time on earth. And I think that's the most precious thing you can give an activity or a person is your time because you're never getting that back. No. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, um, yeah, you sort of, you're not conscious of that. I think generally speaking, which, you know, is probably a fairly healthy way to live life, but there is this, I suppose there's just this reality of, you know, mm. you don't really want to look back ever on, I don't know, a year or a, a five-year stint or a decade and think, oh, like I really didn't kind of make the best use of that time. And I think especially as you get older and you kind of go, gosh, I'm healthy, you know, mental health is relatively healthy, like I can write right now. It's purely a time conundrum, not like a capability conundrum. Mm. Um, gosh, like I should probably be making the most of that time to some point as well. So, yeah, I don't think you kind of labour on the point of mortality particularly, but you're just mindful that you've got the means so you kind of need to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find the busier you are, this is what I find, I found in my 20s when I was child-free and all that kind of stuff, I just wasted a lot of time 
doing I don't know what, maybe going out for brunch, I'm not really sure. Um, but there's a lot of time I had to myself, which I don't really know what I did with. Now you have full-time job, you have children, you have hobbies, you have creative hobbies, you have social lives, you might have a you know a, another person in your life. Do you find that because your life is so full that you actually use your time more effectively and you end up achieving more? I think it's both. Like I think um, I'm an insomniac like you as well, so I definitely don't need I don't need that much sleep. I, I definitely go through um, sort of like phases where I will just wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning and I know that's it. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I get up and do work. Um, I haven't been getting up and doing writing, but I could, I think. Um, and then other times I'm, it's a bit unpredictable. Like sometimes I will be quite tired and I'll fall asleep at 10. I'll be sleepy at 10 o'clock and that's it. So it's mm-hmm. just, it's hard to sort of like get into a rhythm. Um, but in terms of that kind of give a busy person, you know, all the tasks and they'll get done. There's definitely truth in that. Like I go into sort of, I think a bit of a machine mode, like when I know I've got, you know, a week or two that is just hectic and there's meetings and travel and presentations and, I don't know, reviews or late night global meetings or whatever my job's sort of doing at that time, like I will get into an absolute sort of robotic mode where I am doing not only the tasks that are kind of in front of me, but all the extra tasks mm. that probably I actually don't need to do within that two-week time frame, but I'm just in a mode of yeah. kind of like let's just go because I'm on and I'm not going to get anything else done anyway, so I may as well just do everything. Um, and, yeah, like super productive, like yeah. really productive and actually probably I would say a better version of myself in terms of making really good decisions, being really on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you go into this sort of. Yeah, you do. You go into this kind of, yeah, yeah this zone. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of extra, I don't know, um, productivity mode or something. Um, so, yes, like when I'm really busy, um, I actually find that's more likely to be the weeks where I'm like, oh, I'm going to also squeeze in writing. Like, mm. why not? <laughs> two hours spare on that day like I'll I'll just chuck something in that (laughs) as well um so it is a funny kind of thing and I I mean I've said this before and maybe even to you but you know when I did sort of accidentally do an experiment a few years ago and I wasn't working full-time and I was really just writing and sort of just working like one day a week for a few months that was the least productive Mm. writing experience I've ever had (laughs) in my life and I was trying to go to the library and sit there every day and write and I was like slow and I think what I wrote was really quite bad and I just couldn't get into the right um, headspace and I kept making excuses about you know I also need to do this thing this life admin thing that Mm. I just did not want to do like it hadn't been (laughs) five years why would it need to get done (laughs) all of a sudden it's urgent (laughs) really weird yeah and so I, I don't, it wasn't a very good experiment because there was probably some like variables in there that aren't helpful from a really pure kind of research perspective. Mm. But I do kind of have this fear that, you know, even if I had all the time in the world, that actually wouldn't really mean the writing outcome. Yeah. yeah. I feel the same way. You know, I feel that the less time I have, the more productive I am and the more stuff I've achieved since I've had kids, which is really weird because your time is so stretched. Um yeah, yeah so it's an interesting it must be something to do with your brain. You know, you're either on, on, on or you're off and you're resting and you don't want to do anything. <laughs> I think I think we 
might be similar in that. I think I think I'm either a zero or a ten. I'm never a six. I'm either like full on doing everything, or I'm laying in bed going, I can't do a thing. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think there's definitely sort of that, you know, two speeds. It's mm, kind yeah, of zero or ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I would say that I'm definitely, yeah, sit within either of those two camps. And I think, mm. I think with writing as well, like I am not a slow. Like I'm not a slow writer. I don't mean that in, um, I mean, I've been slow writing this book obviously, but I more mean like uh, when I write, I am, I pretty much write, I write very quickly. I type really quickly. I think really quickly. Um, it, uh, it has to be edited. It's not like it comes yeah. out. <laughs> but I am quite kind of just fast and I think that kind of goes in that um, what you were talking about, like when you're in a busy sort of productive delivery mm. mode, that's probably where I'm like, I'll just, yeah, I'll just write. And that is the the kind of writing mode that I like the best mm. as well. It makes me feel like I'm sort of making progress and things are getting done. And, you know, I have occasionally, you know, sat down and written like thousands of words in a sitting because I think it, I, I sort of do through a lot of thinking I, I feel off page or whatever you want to call yeah. it, like off screen. And then by the time I do sit down to write, I've often got quite a few ideas kind of banked up. And so it's just a matter of downloading them as quickly as I can. Mm. So um, hopefully that's what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love how you said that the pace you write, you think that reflects the how interesting and how pacing, you know, the book, the pacing of your book. And I think that's true. You know, I think if you're meandering, particularly in the genre you write, it might feel like meandering on the page. So, you know, the way you say you write is exactly the way, you know, your books read. So I think that's really interesting. I think, yeah, I think so. I mean, I was listening to you interview Adrian McKinty and I was like, God, he must write like dynamite because his writing is so stressful. Right. And, so, oh. <laughs> and I was like, gosh, he must have written the island in some kind of like double speed, you know, sort of situation. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously you edit everything and so it sort of gets undone and, and rewritten slightly anyway. But I, I definitely think my better, you know, writing has probably been the stuff that's just come out and has just been sort of moving fast and all connecting and, has like a yeah good energy to it, I suppose. Mm, yeah, energy is a great word. And you can read energy when, you know, you pick up a book, you can feel the energy of a book. And um, it was comforting to know that even Adrian McKinty had this great uh, writer's block with no ideas. Then he pulls out The Island, which I read and is I just think is magnificent. I loved it. But, you know, even someone of his calibre thinks he's run out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of I've wondered about, like I don't really think I've ever had writer's block I have the opposite problem sometimes where the second that I decide I want to really commit to a book, I'll have all these other ideas jostling for attention and I'm mm. almost like, oh, go away. Like, and they're all different genres as well. So I'm like, <laughs> like, go away, this is such a distraction, like as if I'm going to suddenly start writing that, you know. It's like um, the shiny thing keeps shining uh, in the periphery. It's like shocking, like <laughs> tension-demanding ideas. But um. I wonder though if maybe I do have writer's block, but I kind of just package it up as um, oh, I just haven't had time to get to <laughs> the, the manuscript for a while. Yeah, so yeah, packaging gonna... like that, it's good. I like it. So, what are the barriers? What are your barriers going to be between now and two weeks? Besides time, time is obvious, I think. So, um, yeah, so it's the 1st of July almost, and then so we'll talk again in two weeks. Um, well, I mean, the biggest barriers are going to be um, unexpected work demands. Mm -hmm. So sometimes my yep. job is pretty, 
there's planned components of it and then there's really unpredictable components of it. So there's there's a possibility that something will kind of swing into my work world and I'm going to have to um, pay a lot of attention to it mm -hmm. um, out of hours as well as during hours. So that could, that could significantly impact um, my time. Um, I could have like a really weird bout of insomnia where I'm up late in the middle of the night but not sort of... Um, awake enough to to make the commitment to get up well that's maybe can... when we should do our next episode in the middle of the night when we're both awake anyway you just text me um <laughs> me you at yeah, midnight <laughs> yeah well so sometimes like sometimes i go back to sleep and it's all fine and then other times i'll be like lying awake for ages but not enough to get up and actually yeah. and then yeah. i'm in a cycle of being quite yeah. tired so that's the annoying insomnia if i've got insomnia and i can be productive i'm happy right but if i'm in that weird state where you're too tired to get up but you're not quite tired enough to fall back asleep that's annoying so i'm like this is a waste of time <laughs> no one wins, no one like, wins. i always get angry about the next day i'm like yeah. no one won so yeah so no that happen. um hopefully not and then i guess it's also it's school holidays in mm. melbourne at the moment so um you know and yeah, that just makes things a little bit more complicated um at night times as well so yeah there's a few things like i've got um a bit of travel and bits and pieces for work as well so look i, I i've kind of I haven't really sat down and planned out anything particularly constructive from a, like a diary writing point of view, but I definitely should have time over the next two weeks to write. <laughs> so I'm hoping to get to 30,000 words by the next time we speak. Okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a good target. Yeah, doable target. Yeah. 5,000 words. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And um, if I can get to sort of 30,000 words by the time we speak next, like I feel like that's setting me off at least on a good path initially yeah and then we'll see after that so um yeah and uh, and I also think like um, I'm sure a lot of other people that, that are writers would, would sort of understand this like I'm at a point in the story where I'm not stuck yet mm -hmm. like I do kind of know what happens next mm -hmm. and I don't know much beyond that but I also have like two other scenes in the future of the book that I know sort of need to happen so if I get stuck on the current linear storyline I'll just jump ahead and start yep. writing and you can fill in the gaps, yeah. So At least you're getting of, the words down. Yeah, yeah. So I sort of, I always feel like at this point I really shouldn't have a problem getting the words down if I sit down and just pay attention to it because the story's still quite, um, it's kind of got some pace to it and it's still moving. Mm. I'm sure there'll be a point in the not-too-distant future where I go, <laughs> I actually need to work out what happens and then that, <laughs> like, have to do thinking and writing yep. and that can take more time. So, yep. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's interesting that you say you do a lot of thinking before you put pen to paper because I often think that is a really important part of the writing process that people might not believe you, but it's that thinking and, you know, that thinking down all different paths and you're really thinking about that character and what they would do. So I think that non, um, you know, pen to paper or, you know, fingers to laptop is, is you know, there's that bit before that's really important and I think that you don't really get any credit for because it's not, you can't say I've written this many words. You can't say I thought for two hours about my character. No one's giving you any prizes for that. No, you know, it's a funny, it's a strange process. And I mean, you don't even sit there and think that you're thinking, you know, yeah, you're just yeah. more kind of aware that you're like turning ideas over in mm. your mind. And I think for me, it's also when I actually sit down and start to write something about, um, typing like I don't it doesn't really happen if I hand write stuff but if I'm typing um a particular sort of scene or chapter or whatever it's that's when I start to get that feeling of like oh I need to type faster because I actually know what happens after this bit that I'm writing it's all, yeah, yeah. all sudden clear to me 
And that's often a good point for me to actually stop writing because it means that when I sit down to write the next day, I'll be able to get stuck straight into it because I know ah. like what happens next. So it's okay. like I can pick up when I where I left off. So yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean it's so strange the whole thing. Love right? it. Well I no, I love this. I love this. I love picking your brain. I, I love that we've started so optimistic. We've got goals. We don't know where it's gonna go. Um, but we've talked about all those hard things as well. So it'd be really interesting to see, you know, where you get to in two weeks and just to follow that journey. And look, I know it's good to have goals, but I just think it's also good to just show the reality of writing and of life, you know, because there are going to be, I, I predict there's going to be some fortnights that you absolutely smash it and there's going to be some fortnights that maybe you have deleted words. <laughs> and both right. are good. Both are, lead, both are moving forward, but in different ways, you know, because some words need to be deleted, let's face it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I promise I'll be very honest and um, do- document the journey in a genuine reality TV style way. <laughs> I love yeah. it. With all of the things that including the tantrums, the insomnia. Yeah, I, I think what I think we should aim for one of those um, late night episodes. So we're both kind of in that sort of midnight zone since we don't sleep and just see what happens on that episode. That'll be interesting. No problems at all. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, it's fairly unpredictable, but happy to um, <laughs> give it a crack. Yeah, happy to slot it in. Um, but no, like I think, um, you know, this is interesting for me as well because I definitely don't normally um, sort of, yeah, be so kind of openly public about the status of a book or whatever. And yeah, I get lots of questions, like I said. So I feel like I'm sure some people will find it kind of interesting and, um, yeah, hopefully it'll hold me accountable, which is also good. Yeah, and I think it's amazing. And like I said, you don't often get this experience of that journey of that writer from pretty much the beginning to the end. We don't know what's going to happen. We have a goal in mind. I mean, you've got the history of being able to write great books, so I don't have any doubts, but life gets in the way, you know, so I think it'd be really interesting. And, um, yeah, I really appreciate your honesty and, and, you know, probably the vulnerability that will come with both of us because we both stretch our time. <laughs> So I think that'll be really interesting because, um, like I said, you don't often see that part of writing. You see the the glamorous parts and the book launches and the beautiful book that you, you know, unbox, but there's a lot of um, a lot of stuff behind that to make that happen. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this. I think this is really cool. So thank you for all of your honesty and all that's coming up. And um, when this book is finally in the world, it's going to be really really special to read because we've started it here so <laughs> no thank you I mean like if this was MasterChef this would be like the burnt cake outtake so, um, I'm very happy to be sharing the burnt cakes with you Danny. <laughs> I love it I love it if I make a cake 10, 11 times out of 10 it's going to be burnt so <laughs> same yeah no it's fun it'll be fun to sort of have like a, a buddy um for the process as well um just, just keeping me in line. So yeah, I'm yeah. super excited. It's like a six month nano rimo. <laughs> I definitely feel like the stress of that. So definitely, <laughs> it'd be good. Well, hopefully, I won't stress you out too much. I promise I'll be very supportive and share my own dramas that happen during the fortnight, which I'm sure there will be many. So let's let's do that. Thank you so much, Sarah. I cannot wait for two weeks. I'm not going to take up a minute more of your time because I reckon you've still got about three hours of writing in you now. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or Netflix, whatever you decide. No judgment here. <laughs> no worries. See you in two weeks.